Hi, I'm Ayelet Marinovich, your host. Welcome back to Strength in Words, a family enrichment program for parents, caregivers, and infants and toddlers of all developmental levels. In this podcast series, we get together to sing a few songs, discuss some ideas for play, outline some insight about early development, and talk about life as a parent or caregiver in these early years of parenthood. The mission of Strength in Words is to share that information by offering parent education programming and to promote caregiver-baby interaction by offering a supportive, uplifting space for all families to connect and learn through information, access to each other, and access to ideas. This podcast was recorded with a live virtual audience and followed by a question and answer workshop with our guest. To be part of the next live workshop and to connect with a community of support, you can join the Strength in Words Community Lab by heading to community.strengthinwords.com. If you enjoy this episode, I do hope you'll take just a moment of your time to leave a review on iTunes. This allows us to reach more families and to share our values of education, inclusivity, and simplicity and respect when it comes to early learning and early parenthood. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here today. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here. We can start by saying hello to the people who are with us. Hello to Ayalit. Hello to the singers. Hello, 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 hello. Hello to the babies. Hello to the toddlers. Hello, hello, hello. Since I don't know your name, I'll help you sing the song and you can fill it in. Ready? Hello to your child's name. Hello to your name. Hello, 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 hello. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here. Today we have a special guest on Strength in Words. Her name is Lisa Abramson, and she is a mindfulness teacher and executive coach from Wise Mama. Let's welcome her to the show. Hello to Lisa, hello to Lisa, hello, 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 hello to all our old friends, hello to all our new friends, hello, 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 one last time, hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here today, hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here. Welcome to episode 67 of the Strength in Words podcast. Today I am speaking with Lisa Abramson, a entrepreneur, a speaker, best-selling author, executive coach, and advocate for maternal mental health. What can't she do? She founded Wise Mama and co-founded Mindfulness-Based Achievement, which teaches high-potential women leaders how to create sustainable success. Lisa, thank you so much for being oh, here. Thanks Welcome so much for having words. me. So I have asked you today to come onto the show to speak to us about sort of the topic of going back to work after having a baby. But first, I would love if you would tell us just a bit more about you and how you got into the work. Yeah, absolutely. Today. So uh, about five years ago, I quit my job running marketing at a high tech company. We were doing mobile advertising and uh, that looked you know, great on paper. I had kind of climbed the ranks and was sitting in on the executive team and making big decisions. But inside, I was like, this doesn't cut it for me. This isn't what I was meant to do. And I kind of felt like I didn't 
didn't have enough meaning and purpose in my work. So that led me on a journey to figure out what I wanted to do next. And that ended up transforming into creating a business and wanting to empower women. So um, I started teaching about mindfulness, well-being, and doing executive coaching. So I kind of, my overachiever went nuts in the professional development space. And (laughs) I um, just, I couldn't get enough of it. I was like, why aren't we taught these skills in school, especially as it relates to, you know, creating a growth mindset and really the tools of mindfulness, like all these inner resources. Sources. I feel like, you know, a lot of times we're over indexing on knowledge and content and forgetting about these internal resources that are so important to well being. So I started teaching about wellness and well being, doing, you know, workshops at Google and Salesforce and other companies around the Bay Area. And then I had my uh, first daughter, uh, Lucy, and that really changed everything for many reasons for the better because I became a mom and also led to uh, one of the biggest struggles of my life. I experienced postpartum depression and a rare form of postpartum depression called postpartum psychosis and ended up in the hospital. And um, it was a a thorough butt kicking here. I was teaching about wellness and well-being. And then I found myself so unwell and really had no framework for this or what that it could even happen that I knew new moms. Oh, sometimes new moms are sad. I'd heard of that, but I'd never heard of like new moms go crazy. And that was what happened to me. So after that experience and uh, picking up all the pieces and recovering and moving forward, I founded Wise Mama and wrote a book, uh, The Wise Mama Guide to Maternity Leave, about all the stuff that I wish would have known about this process and transition. So I've always been doing coaching, but now I've found that I love coaching moms, really transitioning them around maternity leave and their careers. I think we're all just more committed and dedicated to our careers than uh, maybe in generations past because we're a little older when we're having our first children. So it's a big shift. And I think having support around that is important. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Well, I would love for you to break down for us a bit about that the current state, right, of maternity and paternal leave in the United States. So, and then can you also just, you know, run through some of the major issues or areas for parents to consider when facing an impending? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the issues on the systemic level, they're everywhere. Unfortunately, the leave policies in the US pretty much stink. And that's unfortunate. In Europe, they're a lot better. I really think the postpartum timeframe, you know, is is a year, a year of kind of recovery of integration, but that's not really what's available here, which is unfortunate, but that is what's standard in many parts of Europe. But given that we do have shorter leaves, or sometimes, you know, it could be eight weeks or 12 weeks, some generous companies give six months. But what I think is most important is for new parents, and especially moms to to get really clear about what success looks like for them or what they want. Because I feel like a lot of the women I coach, they're optimizing on like the shoulds. And I think that I was doing that. My former self was doing that. It was like, I should go for that promotion. I should optimize this and that. I should say I'll go on that business trip, even though I don't really need to be there. I should, should, should. Or even I should check my email first thing in the morning. I should be available 24-7. So if you're optimizing for those shoulds and really falling into what um, Bridget Schulte in the book Overwhelmed, which is a fabulous book, she talks about the ideal worker and this like myth of the ideal worker that's basically a young man 
man in his early 20s with no kids, no family, no responsibilities. And we're all trying to be that person, but it just doesn't work. And I think as a you know, society, unfortunately, we tend to undervalue that caretaking responsibility that's so vital. It's the fabric of, I think, the well-being of our entire nation is like mothering and taking care of the next generation and supporting them. And yet it doesn't seem to have a value sometimes because there's, you know, moms aren't getting paid for the hard work that they're doing in the home. So I think that there's really like four steps that you can do to kind of think about your leave and what you're working on about kind of what's success for you and kind of digging into that, Mm -hmm. creating a roadmap about how you're going to get there and what you need to achieve. What's the mindset you want to adopt or you should... that feels good to you? And then what are the internal resources you need to build, whether it's more self-compassion, learning how to hold better boundaries, or, you know, mindfulness techniques, like what are you going to do? How are you going to rely on a support system? So those are some of the things that I I love working with uh, new parents on. That's great. So can you tell us a little bit about what those mindfulness techniques are? Um, so one thing I think is really important is because there's a lot of tough moments in, in the first year of, of being a mom and, you know, and frankly in life. So I think one thing I really love to do is like savor the good. So when there is something where you feel like you're getting that like beautiful little snuggle or this moment this weekend, my daughter, my older daughter, Lucy made her first lemonade stand. And I was just like, let me just like be in this moment so fully and enjoy that this is like, so fantastic. For me, the baby phase is hard, but like older kids, I'm like, I love, love, love that. I love interacting, hearing how her little mind works. So I think intentionally growing those moments of joy and slowing down to see them happening. So you can both like, you know, there's a lot of studies have shown that we have a negativity bias based on our survival instincts. So we're looking for things that are wrong all the time. And in order to counterbalance that, we really do need to be intentional about looking for what's right what's going well. And that's a, it's a daily practice. It's a checking in because otherwise really our, your mind, the default state is to look for what's wrong. Absolutely. And I mean, of course, in those early weeks and months of motherhood, often there are a lot of things either going wrong or that are difficult. And especially that first time around figuring out what, what is even normal is such a difficult thing to navigate. So yeah, having these just creating moments within your day of of trying to focus on those things that are going well can be very helpful. I have found that to be very helpful. Absolutely. And I think also like just some block and tackling things about talking to your partner about like roles and responsibilities. I mean, of who's going to do what and even like being really explicit about that. It's sometimes awkward and uncomfortable, those conversations, but they're so important. And I think also just especially when you're pregnant with your first and you might have some time and you're thinking about planning, I recommend shifting so much of the focus from necessarily the birth experience to like what's going to happen after the birth. I know for me, I was really nervous about childbirth. So I, I spent so much time and like took a lot of classes about the childbirth. And like that was 24 hours of my life. And then I had like this whole other piece that I was like, oh, and now I have a baby. Oops. Like I didn't really plan right. for that part. <laughs> now, um, I mean, I tried to, but really I just bought stuff, which wasn't what I needed. I needed like a lot of other types of support. So even little things like I tell, you know, women when they're pregnant, first off, get a therapist just in case you need one. 
just make one initial appointment with a therapist. So if you have a complication, because one in six moms has some form of maternal mental health concern. So you're not alone if you have some trouble adjusting to this major life change. So I think all new moms should be supportive there. So get a therapist. I think also make a list of your favorite spots for takeout and like what you and your partner like to order from the places so you can text that easily to a friend when someone says anytime in the first year when someone says hey can i help you with something give them a task please give them a task so it can say bring me this thing (laughs) also like just grocery store supplies like what is your list of staples what brands do you like make that once and then give that to, you know, your in-laws, or you could even give that to uh, if you have, uh, you know, mother's helper or nanny, you know, look in my fridge and see if any of these 15 items are missing, go get a refill. Like there's something called mental load and moms experience it very significantly, which is just, we've got a lot of stuff on our mind that we're trying to do, trying to accomplish, keeping tabs on. So the more you can get that out of your head and onto paper so someone else can help. I think that that makes a big difference. So there's bigger concept internal resources like the cherishing the good, so important, but there's also like block and tackling. Let's make your day-to-day reality better. I love that. That's great. So let's see, we are going to take just a break to hear a word from our sponsors and then we will hear a few tips, more tips and some more specific resources from Lisa about easing that transition, as well as your favorite resources that you would like to recommend to families interested in seeking out more things about this topic. We weren't meant to parent in isolation. The Strength in Words Community Lab brings you peace of mind. You have what matters when you need it most. We are your parenting brain trust, the place where you can have adult conversations about your baby's babbling and where you're lifted up rather than bogged down. If you are a parent or caregiver with an infant and or a toddler, we are both an early parent support and parent education hub. We're a group of families connected by the shared experience of early parenthood and strong believers in the notion that having a positive, nurturing place to discuss all things early parenthood and early childhood can make us each stronger. The Community Lab is an all-in-one resource that is not one-size-fits-all. Join us in finding more joy in the mayhem at community.strengthandwords.com. Okay, Lisa, you've already given us a few really great tips, but let's hear some more. What can parents do to prepare for or make that transition back to work a smoother process? So a few things that we've already touched upon are things like those mindfulness techniques, writing those wonderful things down. And a lot of that, I think keeping a track of things, I mean, especially as a new mom, like things go in and out of my head. You know, how are you gonna remember anything if you don't write it down? So I love that for tracking the good things and then tracking the things that you just need. And I I love that because for several reasons, number one, because they're more likely to get done. And number two, because I think in those early days and weeks and months, we can often, I think if you're one of those kinds of people who likes to track things or who can like get like a little bit nutso about tracking things, (laughs) it can get, it can make you crazy. Like, tracking feedings, tracking sleep, all of those things, but tracking things that are actually good for us and helpful for us and our mental health and our family Mm -hmm. like wellness. 
<laughs> that is such a leg up, I think, on those tracking sort of mechanisms. And it's it's a it's a much healthier way to to deal with that need to sort of be in control of something when you're so out of control in those early yeah. days. Or, yeah, no, I totally we- agree. And I think that there's there's some of those kind of like practical uh, tracking things, but then there's also getting clear on like, how can I get those needs met? I think quite easy to fall into the role of, of a self-sacrifice looking out for everyone else's needs and forgetting about her own. But that really, it, it doesn't do us any good. And you cannot be there. If you are frazzled and you're not getting your own needs met, you really can't be there for your family the way that you want to. You can't show up. But actually, I think there's a step before that is sometimes we don't even know what our needs are. So so there's actually yeah. some exploration <laughs> that I, I think can be really helpful to do with a coach or with a therapist about like, what are my needs? What really recharges me? And I think here too is what are the needs that recharge me that are healthy, that aren't just like numbing or distraction, mm-hmm. because those are just kind of short term fixes. And sometimes we need them, but also right. like what really feels good and fuels you. So I know that an hour of a conversation and a walk with a friend that could get me like weeks of well-being points. <laughs> so like what, but what are the things that really like recharge you? Totally. What are some other things for you that you like to use? So a nap for sure. Share. A nap all the time. A nap yeah. makes like, it's like, it's raining in my head and I take a nap and I'm like, ah, oh, the sun shining again. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, even just a 20 minute nap, meditation, of course, for me is really centering, practicing self compassion, journaling can be really wonderful, calling a friend, especially a friend, you know, that's a mom can be really supportive, being out in nature, just fresh air, you know, or reading people magazine. I love that one. Yeah. (laughs) That's one of those. Yeah, exactly. But you're like, you know what, of like all the things this is this bad. I don't know. I, I love it. And I can't say I even read it. It's like flipping through the photos. It's not even reading. It's like flipping through the pages and looking at the photos. So I know that I've had like a rough week if it takes me like five days to not read, read my people magazine. I'm like, oh, I didn't even have time to like flip through 60 pages of pictures. <laughs> and advertisements, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. So I, I think, yeah, getting clear, what are your needs? And then what does it take to meet those needs? And getting the support of a, you know, a coach or a therapist. And I think also know all of these changes, they're temporary. And the first year after birth is the hardest. So if you feel like I definitely felt like I'm really needy right now, like I need a lot of support, but it's temporary. And so it's not going to be forever. But it's easier to let go of support and be like, Oh, I didn't need my grandma or mom coming over to help every Tuesday, Thursday and Friday afternoon, I just need two days a week or instead of three days a week, but start with more, it's easier to do that to release the support than to try to in the sleep deprived state, like figure out another. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I like the simple message that you spread as well of just connecting with a friend, the simple everyday things. And I think keeping it simple and healthy. And it's true, just a couple of minutes sometimes can recharge and refuel us. And I know that for many of us, like the idea of taking a nap when you're sort of like already crazed, or you know, you have so many things to do is 
next to impossible, but it's not the only thing. And it is a great thing when it's possible. And I know that that sleep when the baby sleeps terminology is used by everyone. And it's like the sage parenting advice. And it's great when it works, but it's a really hard thing too. And I love Lisa that of course, you're giving us a lot more than just yeah. And I think for me, I found that actually sleeping when the baby's sleeping is really hard. I actually need to have someone else there like in charge, like watching the baby or I couldn't relax enough. And so if you're feeling that way, you know, it might be nice to even if it's a, you know, a friend coming over and just having them be on duty, even if your baby is napping, because I know it's, it's hard, you got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, But also, if, if you do have those opportunities for protected sleep, like when you have someone helping you with the baby, and you're still not able to like unwind and take a nap, that is a kind of a, a warning sign for postpartum issues. So and especially postpartum anxiety. So it might be helpful to talk to, you know, a therapist if you're experiencing that for sure. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up too. All right, so Lisa, what about a few other favorite resources that you can share Yeah, so I've recorded um, meditations. They're just five minutes a day. And on my website, I have a 30-day meditation challenge. And I email you a simple link to something I've recorded topics like gratitude or savoring the good and um, even receiving support and how that feels. So all sorts of topics, five minute meditations, easier than a longer meditation, but still a challenge to fit into the schedule of a new mom. So I recommend if if you're, you know, pumping or nursing, that's a good time to listen to the meditation. So can kind of I'll allow you to multitask, even though it probably says not to. <laughs> but yeah, that's on my website. It's free and it's uh, 30 days. So there's a lot of different varieties of meditations offered there. Lovely. And then you mentioned a book earlier about Oh, yeah, Overwhelmed um, uh, by Bridget Schulte. That's a great book. It's a big one. I wouldn't recommend it for a new new mom. But if you're pregnant, pick it up. That's why I literally made this is like <laughs> shortest book ever. So you yeah. put it in the diaper bag and read it on the go because we That's it's great. hard to find time to read. Yep. As we all know. What about do you have anything about the kinds of sort of scripts that that families can use or talk about with their own employers? Yes, um, I have some of those resources in my book. And also a fun thing I didn't mention a good resource in the book is um, there's actually a to do list, especially for overachieving women, if you find yourself kind of type A and driven, you might be used to really like getting a lot of stuff done. And this feeling of accomplishment is really important to you. I know that's how I identify myself. So when you shift to maternity leave, it's important to kind of like take on a new mindset that isn't as achievement oriented, and also just shifting your expectations. I know I had like mile high expectations after my first daughter of like, oh, I'm going to be like feeling great and back in my skinny jeans in a week and like out there like connecting with new moms like no I like wasn't doing anything for months so so kind of like checking out those expectations and then I have a little guide in one of these things is a major win for the day I mean I fed my baby that's all you need to do the whole day like that is a check mark and you're like job well done so when you have too many things on your plate just remember like one small thing a day is like that is gravy and things like writing thank you notes for the gifts people give you put that that can be in nine months or in a year or maybe never at all don't put on the pressure to do things that are non-essential 
in those first few months. No one should expect anything of you. And you need to kind of lower your own expectations about what's appropriate. Yes, I so agree with that. And and you mentioned earlier too that piece about just slowing down and allowing yourself to slow down because that's of course the way we get to enjoy a little bit of it, right? Because it is so amazing and miraculous yeah. and insane. And it can be difficult in this sort of world where we're in right now, because motherhood is so often portrayed as this beautiful, special, amazing time, which of course it is, but it's also really hard. And we have to be able to talk about that. So thank you, Lisa, for for helping us do that. Yay. Well, thanks uh, to you, Lisa, and to all of our Community Lab members who are here listening live. We're going to continue the discussion and open up for a QA and a session for you guys in just a minute. But for everyone listening from home or on the go, thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you next time. Thanks for being here. See you later. What will you do the rest of your day? Goodbye to the babies. Goodbye to the toddlers. Goodbye, bigger kids. Goodbye, all the siblings. Goodbye to the grown-ups. Goodbye to the singers. Goodbye, Ayalid. Goodbye to Lisa. We laughed and we played, we're getting very clever, this is what counts, being here together. Thanks so much everyone. The Strength in Words podcast brings you information, tips, and resources about all things early parenthood and early childhood. The place to synthesize that information, share your struggles and concerns, and add your own questions and experiences is the Strength in Words Community Lab. Head to community.strengthandwords.com and request to join today. Do you like the hello and goodbye songs we feature on each episode? You can find those and a whole host of other songs on our Strength in Words Music for Families album, available for purchase straight from our website at strengthinwords.com backslash music for families, or on iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Digital Music. If you haven't yet done so, please do leave a review of the Strength in Words podcast on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. That helps other people find the good work we're doing. And after that, go ahead and share strength and words with a friend or colleague. See you next time. 